All right, well, I am here. This is Chase Merrill with my guy, Wesley Wimberly, uh, LWI. We are going to hit a podcast. We talked about it. And we last Sunday, which was August 20... Your birthday was the 26th, which was a Monday, so it had to be the 25th. Yep. Uh, we had a Q&R. We do this occasionally in LWI where we do question and response. And we got through a lot of anonymous questions that you guys submitted. And we didn't get through all of them, though. So we talked about getting a, a quick podcast to try to hit a few more questions to respond to you. Great questions. Man, we... We got some some great ones from you guys, and we love what you're asking. We love how you're processing, uh, and so we're gonna hit some of those today, um, and try to do our best to respond to them. We don't always have answers, but we always have a response. That's right. And we want to point you to Jesus, and more than anything else, we want to point you to the Word of God yeah. more than anything else, and and hope that in our efforts to to respond to some of these questions, we drive you to the word and to Jesus himself to find your answers. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to take about 20 minutes or so and hit some of these. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoy them and keep asking great questions. Question number one. How do I beat my bad habits and not let them make me feel worthless? It's a good question. Uh, I think this is something we all struggle with, something we all yeah. go through because yep. uh, we all have bad habits. And uh, I'll split that question in two. So first, how do I beat my bad habits? I think uh, I think we have such a tendency to, okay, how do I stop doing the bad thing? Or how do I stop doing the negative thing? And I think that honestly doesn't help us. I think, uh, I think, there's, I think there's some truth to the more we think about not doing something, we do that very thing. And so I think... Uh, I think first and foremost, uh, I think you need a, a perspective shift to instead of how do I stop doing this, how do I replace it with something in a positive way? How do I, how do I replace it with a, a healthy, Jesus-oriented, Jesus-centered habit? Um, because if you don't deal with the, the heart issue, uh, and I think a lot of times when we just focus on how do I stop doing this physical thing as physical action or physical decision or uh, I think when we focus on that and we don't actually let God transform our heart that bad habit may stop and we may stop doing the thing but our heart isn't dealt with and so that bad habit that place in our heart where it's causing us to walk that out is actually just replaced by another bad habit and it comes up and it manifests somewhere else and so until we deal with the heart until we really let the Lord transform us from the inside out, uh, we'll just replace one bad habit with another bad habit. So really dealing with the heart. And uh, that is the, uh, that, that's the biggest thing I would say for that question. And then the second, the second aspect of how do I not make it me, me feel worthless? How do, I, how do I not feel worthless amidst maybe uh, failures or attempts to stop a bad habit, but failing and falling short? And I think the biggest thing is we got to know where our identity is. And I think a lot of times we, our identity, whether, you know, we could have a Christian answer, but really at the, at the core of it, we, we really believe our worth is based on our decision making. And our worth is based on what we do or don't do or what we struggle with or whatever. And the reality is it's not the truth. Yeah. The truth is that, that our worth comes from nothing that we can do or have done or will do, but our worth comes from the price that Jesus thought That's we right. were worthy of. That's right. So, you know, for some reason, God thought I was worth sending his son to die on a cross 
so that I could feel worthy. And so uh, we really have to, again, it's a perspective shift to really believe, okay, my identity doesn't come from what I do. It doesn't come from what I don't do, but it's actually, the Bible says that I am the righteousness of God. And so when, when God looks at us, he doesn't see us or our failures or our mistakes, but he actually sees Jesus because Jesus is the one who filled the gap, did what we couldn't do. Yep. And so we are the righteousness of God. And um, so again, these are, these, are, these are very, maybe a little bit abstract things of a perspective shift. Sometimes we just want more practical. Uh, and I'd say on a practical level, uh, you need people in your life. You need accountability. If, if you have a bad habit, a great way to uh, be sharpened, like the Bible says, iron sharpens iron, is, is to be in community and have people uh, walking alongside you because it's really easy to not, uh, it's, it's really easy to give in and give up when you're doing it by yourself. So get people around you. It's a great answer. Um, next question here. I was going down the wrong path and I need to turn it around for sports and I've been trying, but I can't really, I can't really, I just keep going back and I don't know what to do. Uh, man, thanks for asking this question. I, I a couple things that I want to hit here just on going down the wrong path and needing to turn it around. Uh, you, you, you referenced needing to turn it around for sports. Uh, and I, I, I understand where that comes from, but let me just speak to that first. Uh, if you're only wanting to shift and change your behavior uh, for something like sports or a parent's approval or a relationship that you're looking to have with a girl or a guy or uh, somebody to accept you for, for you know maybe the who who you are and you're changing something about you for something or somebody else outside of the motivation of Jesus in your life and what he's doing in you, it will always end up uh, failing. Your motivation can't be solely or even firmly on doing it for sports because of maybe an opportunity you have to play sports at a high level and you need to have a good behavior to stay on the team or whatever. Those are understandable motivations, but if that's why you're doing it, it won't last. And so the first thing to challenge you with is to um, find a deeper motivation, get, yeah, get, good. dig, dig deeper and figure out not just doing it for sports, but do it for you. Do, do, do that deeper work and let the Lord do that deeper work in you to shift in your heart, the, the desire to want to walk in the light and in righteousness and in the life that God has for you because he's saved you and he's called you and he has a great plan for your life and it pleases and honors him um, more than you're doing it to stay on the basketball team or the football team or the yeah. volleyball team. Um, so that's first part and, and just talking about going down the wrong path and then not, not wanting to keep going back down the wrong path. One of the greatest ways you stay out of going back to what you came from, uh, is just like Wesley referenced in the last question. It, it's who you're around. You, you yeah. become who you're around. You, you show me your friends. I'll show you your future. If yeah. you've got a group of people around you who are walking down the right path, uh, the high odds are that you're going to keep walking down the right path. But if you are around people that are walking down the wrong path, you will inevitably go back to walking down the wrong path. So make it really hard on yourself to walk down the wrong path. Get yourself around people who are walking on the right path and you'll be right there with them. That'd be what I'd say to that question. Great question. Yeah. A couple more questions. Uh, how do I find my testimony? Uh, that's mm. a great question. I uh, love that question. Uh, for those of you maybe uh, maybe new to uh, the church circle or church language, 
uh, a testimony is uh, what God's done in you. And you're, you're, you're testifying to the fact that God brought you through something or God did something in you and now you're different and now you're saved and now you're you know, restored or whatever it is. And so, but how do you find your testimony? And I, 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 I think, I think honestly, I think in a, in a, in a way uh, our testimony kind of finds us. I think, uh, our testimony doesn't, I think, I think we often struggle and this person wrote a previous question just to, I didn't really have much of a turning point. I didn't have a major event. I think a lot of times we get discouraged because we hear testimonies of like, I was, you know, addicted to drugs or I was an al- alcoholic and then God did something in me and now I'm saved, now I'm free, now, you know, and, and then we can look at our own life and think, well, I, I haven't had something like that. I, I, didn't, I wasn't in something that addictive or I wasn't in something that bad. And, and we tend to give things levels and ranks of, yeah. of what is bad, what is a good testimony. And that's just not the reality. Like, I think for me, just from my own experience, like I grew up in the church and so I was surrounded by a healthy Christian community for all of my life. And so I, by the grace of God, didn't end up doing some of those things that are the typical, like really crazy testimonies. And for a while I was really discouraged. Like I've been a Christian my whole life. Like what kind of testimony is that? But I I would encourage you, I would challenge you that there's things in your life uh, because Romans chapter three, it says that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And so we all have things that we're dealing with and, and, and nothing is greater than the other. I don't, I don't believe that God sees our sin in higher degrees. I mean, I will say there's higher consequences for some of our sins, but, but I don't, I don't think God sees our sin in higher degrees. And so I would, I would challenge you, encourage you, like you have a testimony, you have something that God's doing in your life. And so don't discount the small things. Don't discount the little thing that he did in you last week that, that maybe just shift your perspective a little bit. That can be your testimony. That can be your testimony of the week to, to be able to share with someone. Or, or maybe you've felt lonely or maybe you, you felt like you don't have any self-worth or whatever it is. I think we can discount those small things. And, the, and really, the reality is they're not small things. Right. But we discount them and we make them small things. And so... I, I would encourage you. There's stuff in your life that God has done in you that God has brought you out of. Yep. And honestly, sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes years to be able to look back. Right? They say that you know hindsight's twenty twenty, and sometimes it takes years for us to actually have a moment to look back on things that God brought you out of that you didn't even know He brought you out of. And uh, so I, I would encourage you. Uh, you have a testimony. You have. Uh, a group of people that are going through the same things you're going through. You have a group of people that that you can minister to way better than I can minister to. And, and, and Chase has a group of people that he can minister to better than you can or I can. And so uh, don't discount. Don't discount what God's done in you. Big, small, in between. Uh, God has got a, a huge plan for your testimony to be able to bring people and point people to Jesus. And so don't discount the small things. And, uh, and, and two, ask the Lord, Lord, what yeah. is my testimony? What, what have you brought me through? What have you done in me? And just begin to write those things down. And I just believe you, you'll see God just reveal so many things that he's brought you out of, restored you from, and, and, and brought you through and made you stronger because of it. And so be encouraged. You have a testimony and you have influence and you have a voice to share. it. So do it. So good. Another question here. Um, Man, there's a, there's a lot to this question. Uh, <clears throat> I'm going to hit the second part of it because I think this is something that 
is a really bold ask. And I think it's more common that people are wrestling with something in this world than, than not. And so I think we'll just, we'll hit it for a moment. The question is, will God still accept me even if I'm struggling with my sexual identity? Mm, wow, well, that's good. And the simple answer is 100% yes. God's love for you is not predicated upon your struggles or your successes. Right. So whether or not you are fully confident and had all of the, the, yeah, the confidence in the world in who you were in your identity and your sexual identity and any of those identities, God's not going to be like loving you more or accepting you more than if you were on the opposite end of the spe- spectrum struggling with you know every ounce of who you are. God's love is not predicated upon your successes or your struggles. <clears throat> Um, and, and you just need to know that you're not alone. There's a lot of people in this season of life and in life all around you, different seasons that are struggling with uh, their sexual identity. And, um, at the, at the root of it all, it's, it's not just a sexual identity issue. It's just an identity issue. That's at the root of it all. And we all struggle with identity issues and we are all wrestling with different things in our own lives, in our own hearts that, um, aren't, uh, a hundred percent maybe healed and whole. And, and for some of us, that's not going to happen on this side of eternity. We won't see that fullness of healing or, um, whatever we're looking for there until we get to heaven. But to give you some encouragement, yes, God accepts you, loves you and is there for you while you're processing this kind of stuff. Now God's call and plan for your life is one that you do find your identity in him. And that from that identity flows, um, all of the other uh, micro di- uh, micro identities. So like you, you as a son or daughter of God is the first identity um, that you're loved by the Father. Uh, be- because of what Jesus has done for you, you're fully accepted and loved by, by the Father without having to endure any of the consequences of your sin by accepting what Jesus did for you and believing on him as Lord and Savior. And um, just like somebody might be struggling with a heterosexual uh, issue in their life with identity, <clears throat> It doesn't make it any different, although our culture would say it's more taboo or it's uh, not as regularly talked about. And so you need to know that God loves you fiercely no matter what. And there are people here at LWY that are are here for you to process and to pray and to point you to Jesus and to point you to the Word of God and to be people to listen while you're wrestling, that you don't have to be afraid to talk to somebody. Uh, I just I want to speak that over you. If you're if you're listening to this or there's anybody listening that's in the same boat, of struggling with their sexual identity. Um, you aren't weird. You aren't, something is not wrong with you. We all have sin and brokenness in our yeah, lives. That's right. And I want to encourage you uh, to find somebody, a leader, a pastor, an intern, somebody that's in our, our team that can walk with you while you're wrestling through this um, so that you don't have to be alone, you know, physically as well as you're processing. So you're loved. And, and I encourage you to find somebody in our group to, to reach out to that can be processing and praying with you. Great question. So good. All right, next question. How do I stay close to God when life is going well? And whoever wrote this question, uh, way to go. I love this question. Um, and I, I find so much, uh, so much that I can relate to within this question. And uh, before I, I give a little bit of, of my thoughts on this, I'd love to read a a quote from a, a tweet that I uh, liked the other day, and uh, it's Timothy Keller, and he says this: "You are more sinful than you could ever dare imagine, and you are more loved and accepted than you could ever dare hope at the same time." So good. 
And uh, I, I say that because I think oftentimes uh, when we're when we're doing good and life is going well, uh, we get less desperate for God. We we don't have as much right. I think I think when we're going through a really hard time, that's when we really get on our knees and we're really desperate for God to do something in our life, to move and to, to radically sh- break up some things and shift things and and do what he what he's so good at doing. But I think where we miss it, and I'm I'm so in this. I'm I'm talking to myself because so often when life is going good. And when I say life is going good, it's going how I want it to go. It's going how I envisioned it. And, and things are, the things that I want are, are panning out. And, and, and in those moments, I get really uh, content, I think is, is a great word. I get content with life. I, I get content with, oh, I'm starting to figure this out. And I start to give myself the credit. And that's, that's where I miss it. That's where I, I, I lose my, my grasp on, 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 on my identity and the reality. Because... The reality is I am more sinful than I could ever even imagine. I, I, am, I am so desperately in need of God, way more than I could ever even think. Like when life is going good and, and when I'm in my darkest sin, like I think we so often think that like I need God more in my darkest sin and that's not the truth. I need God all the time. Yep. And so when I'm doing well, when I'm doing good, when life is good, I am just in need, I'm just as much in need of God as I am when I'm in the darkest place of my life. Yep. And so I would encourage you uh, that that you're asking a good question. How do I stay close to God? And so I would encourage you, keep asking good questions like this. Keep 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 coming back to the Lord. Okay, how do I how do I do this? How do I do this? How do I do this? And I promise you that that if you keep asking these questions, I promise you you'll stay close to God. Because I think what happens, the people that don't stay close to God in times of life going well, it's because they stopped asking questions. They stopped coming back. They, they, they stopped coming back to the Lord to, 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 to ask Him. They stopped coming back to community. They stopped because they just began to become so content with life. Life is going so good. And you just begin to believe that I don't need God anymore. And, and the reality is we are so, so desperately in need of God all the time. And so... Yeah. Uh, so, so thank you for asking this question. Um, keep asking questions. Keep coming back to the Lord, and I promise you, He'll guide you. He'll convict you when, when, when He, when you need it, and, and He'll, He'll point you in the right direction. And uh, the more that you realize how in need you are of God, I promise you, the closer you will be to Him. Yeah. So good. Uh, let's hit. Let's hit one or two more. And then we'll wrap up. If there's anything on your heart, like closing thought, to so just you can think about that. <clears throat> uh, someone asked, "What? Um, h- how do you know when it's God talking and not the enemy?" And then the sub question or the question that followed after that was, "How can you hear God's voice?" And lots of questions come in about how to discern the voice of God and how to know when it's God and it's not just you. How to know when it's God and it's not the enemy. Um, such a great question, and there's a lot of ways we can answer this, and there's there's not a there's so much time we could spend talking about it. So what I'm going to give you is just a snapshot of some of the things that um, that I personally use in regards to discerning God's voice for my life and for what he's speaking to me and my family. Uh, one of the first things is that God's voice uh, will never contradict God's word. That's right. So if there's something you're hearing or you're feeling and what that thing is does not match up to what God's word would say, 
it's not God's voice. So what the specific of asking about knowing if it's the enemy or if it's God, uh, one of the greatest ways, the fastest ways you can know is if what you're feeling and sensing, if it if it lines up with the word of God, uh, you, you're probably can bank on that was a Holy Spirit intuition, a Holy Spirit speaking, leaning, guiding, stirring that lines up with God's voice or with God's word. If you've got something going on and you realize that it does not line up with scripture, uh, throw that bad boy out ASAP Rocky. That's yeah, not the Lord. So. And uh, and you just need to be be careful of that, be cautious of that. So that's number one. The second thing is um, that when it comes to God's voice, uh, I can't say 100% of the time because I don't know I don't know how I can say that with 100% assurance. I would say this. Most of the time when God is speaking, it's something that pulls you out of your comfort zone. And into something that is going to require more faith than you currently have. If God is in something, most oftentimes it's not to justify the place that you're staying in, in a comfort. Um, It's something that's calling you to step out of a comfort zone. That doesn't always mean moving physically in a location. It doesn't always mean changing uh, something that you've got going good for your life or whatever. But when I look through the lens of scripture and through the story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation and God's voice speaks to somebody, 99% of the time it's it's in a movement towards a greater faith than the comfort that they're currently in. And so if that's something going on and what God is speaking to you is requiring you to step out of a comfort zone and trust him more with more faith, most oftentimes that's God's voice leading and speaking something uh, to you. Uh, the one last thing that I use as a filter for myself when it comes to uh, God's voice is um, is trusting that if I've got something stirring at all, uh, most of the time, and it's something that, again, lines up with scripture and is, is causing me to think about taking a step of faith or being bold or um, you don't think and feel those things on your own. The enemy does not want you to be a light for the kingdom of God. He's constantly trying to snuff your light out to keep you quiet, to keep you still, to keep you uh, behind behind the scenes from being able to walk in what God has for you. And so if God is speaking to you and it's something that is pulling you into a greater relationship with him, with people, uh, with being used by him, that most oftentimes, if that's even happening at all, it's God. Because the enemy is not going to, God, not going to speak to you to be any kind of positive impact for the kingdom of God because uh, it doesn't work with his agenda or with what he's looking for. So um, if it's something that is helping the kingdom of God and it's positive towards bringing the Lord glory and loving people well, you you can bank on most of the time. That's the voice of God stirring in your heart, speaking to you. Um, and I think you've, you've got something about this. I got a couple things on that. Okay, great. Because there's one more thing, and I think I, I see the I see who the quote there. It might be what I'm about to say, so I'll let you say it. So that, those are some filters. I got several more. Uh, Wesley, what, what do you got? Yeah, I, I got a couple things. I would say the, the first thing uh, I heard one, I heard somebody say once that if you, you feel like you're not here from hearing from God, go back to the last thing He spoke to you. So good. And uh, so if you feel like you know, I'm just not hearing from the Lord, sometimes it's He spoke something to you, and and you have it you haven't walked it out in obedience yet, or, or maybe you've just forgotten. And so uh, I would encourage you, maybe maybe think about what's the last thing God spoke to me, and then go do that and uh, see how God works. And then the other thing, uh, another tweet, I'm all about Twitter, um, my boy Bob Goff. Bob. Love Bob. You should uh, go read his books. Love does. Uh, love everybody always. Great books. Um, but he tweeted this uh, today, actually. 
and he said, if you hear a voice over your shoulder talking about your biggest failure and it isn't calling you beloved, it isn't Jesus talking. Oof. And uh, so I would encourage you. I think so, so often we think God doesn't love us or God doesn't accept us or, or we're hearing a voice from God and it just, it, it makes us feel guilty. It makes us feel condemned. That is not the voice of God. I, I so strongly believe that God will always call you up and he'll call you up in love. And so it'll never, he'll never put you down. He'll never talk to you uh, uh, as your failure. He doesn't talk to you at your failure. He calls you by your name and he calls you beloved. And so if you ever feel like, man, uh, God spoke to me and it was, it, it, it it made me, it made me feel condemned. It made me feel guilty. I want to, I want to rebuke that right now and, and say that when when God speaks to you, he's always going to speak to you in a loving voice, but he is going to call you up to be who you, who you're called to be. He's not going to tolerate you staying where you're at. Uh, that's our, that's our God. That's who he is. And, um, and then the last thing, um, the last thing I would say, I'm forgetting what I was going to say. Do you have something? I have one last thought, and then it might, it might maybe, kick maybe it for you. Come back. Yeah. Uh, just that if, you're, if you want to hear God's voice, open up the Bible. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. That's what I, go ahead. Go. So clean, clean it up. I didn't say it as, as probably accurately. Yeah, as the I, think, I think so often we're like, man, God's just not speaking to me. And, and so I've been thinking about, I just, I shared this yesterday with, with a group of people from the church. And I was just, I was like, sometimes I just feel like God's not speaking to me. And I'm like, wait, no, he already spoke to me. And it's in a book that I have that I can read. Yep. And I think so often we confine the Bible to uh, moments in our day. I, I read it before I go to school. Or I read it before I go to bed or I read it in church. And I just so believe that if we just get that in us yep. it, like between classes you're walking from period one to period two like get it like just read it on your phone like get it in you like god has spoken to us and so just get in your word and i promise you he'll reveal himself through his word every single time amen yeah that's it great questions uh yeah, guys we we uh keep asking great questions we, we talk about this on sunday night but the people that ask questions are people that find God. Yep. They're the ones that, that get after yep. um, uh, learning more about who God is and experiencing them Him for themselves personally. So we love you. We, yep. We're praying for you this week. Yep. What an honor it is to get to be pastors in your guys' lives and supporting you. And, and man, get ready for what God's got for you in this next season. Yeah. It's going uh, to be a fresh and new thing. It's also going to stretch you farther than you're ready yeah. to be stretched. But, but just know... That when God stretches you, uh, He's still with you. That's right. He never leaves or forsakes right. you. So, that's right. That's right. any last thought? No, you said it. We Boom. Love you. LWY, we love you. See you next time. Peace.